Tom Brady is now under investigation for the assassination of a head coach. Hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. We're knee-deep in the off-season, but that doesn't mean there's not stuff to talk about. In fact, there's an awful lot of stuff to talk about. So hey, we got Connor here, we've got Ronan. Hello. And we got Sean. Hello. How are we getting on, lads? How's tricks down in Cork? Not too bad, not too bad. As I was saying before the call, uh, I spent my, well, weekend afternoon, Saturday afternoon painting the bathroom because the builders didn't. (laughs) <laughs> and got the in-laws coming, so I have to uh, be on my best behavior. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever actually done it before, which is a very strange thing to say. But uh, now I, I suppose home ownership is like, if I didn't do it as a kid, then home ownership is probably the first time you would do it or, you know, working for it or whatever. Or or a re- or really intense, like, oh shit, we need our deposit back and we have ruined this <laughs> actually, house. Actually, yes, there is actually a story from a rental place I was in once where I was involved in some repainting was oh was this the was this the one that had the you painted over the mold no 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 uh i don't recall ever paint i don't think i ever painted over no i I don't think you did i think but i think that was that house that you had uh right beside the arts millennium building i believe that happened i don't think i was personally involved in that but i was involved in a uh there was a drunken incident once that involved a uh piece of the wall having to be refilled so uh, they painted so yes oh, very good student hijinks hey student hijinks yeah. oh uh, them was them was the days they are quite a long time back now at this point good god how about yourself Ronan how's all down in Cork yeah not too bad nothing too exciting getting out and about kind of enjoying uh, all the freedom and stuff saw the new Batman film that was pretty yep. good I enjoyed it too yeah emo emo Batman not too bad so. <laughs> yeah and uh like that film kind of really hated Batman, like, but they just wasn't willing to make that like statement at the end. It's like, but I joined the UN at the end, basically, <laughs> even though I caused all this problem. Uh, well, partially, <laughs> but uh, spoilers, of course. Um, but yeah, other than that, just tipping around, you know, going out about, having a few drinks, enjoying myself. So not too bad. Very nice. Yeah, I've got t- tickets to a gig on Sunday night as well. So looking forward to that. It's a uh, Bob Villain. Uh, kind of rap hip hop act from London that we were meant to play in January and then we were under level five lockdown still still got pushed back. The only ball ache now is that it's on a Sunday instead. But sure. Look that'll be uh that'll be grand. Uh right, so I suppose we should swing on in and have a look at some of the, the, the bits and pieces. It's been a lot of news since we were since we were talking last. Uh we'll start with obviously the big story is uh two Texas grand juries have chosen not to bring criminal charges against uh quarterback Deshaun Watson, which is relating to multiple counts of sexual assault and misconduct charges. We discussed this multiple times on the show for the details, but um essentially they decided to not indict on criminal charges, uh, which caused a giant trade frenzy for Watson because, uh, as was we expected, the second that this was looking like there weren't going to be criminal charges, everyone decided, fuck it, we'll, we'll, we'll take the reputational hit to go after this guy who's clearly dodgy. Um, so Cleveland won the trade frenzy by offering an astounding... Uh, three first-round picks, a third-round pick, two fourth-round picks, and a sixth-round pick across the next three drafts um, to get him, and then gave him a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed extension. So they literally just did the farm. Like, this guy who was not playing last year because of 
what he's done and just because this thing's come around it's now getting 230 million dollars fully guaranteed and the team are getting a boatload of, of, of picks for him um other te- there's a lot of teams into this so like you know there, 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 there's a crisis within the cleveland fan base over this obviously but you know it's one thing to be the team who goes after and gets him there's several teams who pursued and didn't uh atlanta were the favorites there's also new england and carolina and a few other ones involved in there uh, the fallout of Atlanta pursuing it so viciously was that uh, Matt Ryan then demanded, well, if you're going to have me, I want a big three-year extension. They didn't want to give him, so he's been traded to Indianapolis. And uh, Baker Mayfield is now sitting in Cleveland uh, waiting to be traded. But he has you know, a chunk of money on his contract. There's a lot of question marks over where it might take him. There's a couple of there's a couple of ones that kind of make sense that we'll probably talk about later. But um yeah, like Watson still has all the civil suits that are facing him. Uh, he's probably got an NFL suspension come in as well as fines, but that's kind of, I presume, built into what the teams have offered and given to get him. Uh, the Cleveland extension is actually phrased in such a way that basically he won't end up having to cost very much uh, or minimize the fine cost. I think his base salary is only a million in the first year or something. Um but yeah, uh, and if I remember correctly, I believe there's one criminal charge that's still yet to be heard because it's sitting in a different county as well. But um, yeah, uh, Watson did a press conference, basically denied all the charges, trying to keep his head down. Um, it says everything that the Cleveland, for them getting their you know franchise quarterback and paying a boatload for him, uh, that they filed the news on a Friday evening to make sure that it didn't hit a news cycle properly, that they held his first press conference on a Friday evening to avoid any kind of getting into the news cycle um yeah it's not uh it's not a very uh auspicious start for them but presumably they're just looking and going if he's talented uh people will forget about it rather quickly uh which is grim but i think that's how i'd imagine there are several teams in the nfl who are thinking the exact same thing so how do we feel about this i don't like it but hey at least it's not my team <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's a giant clusterfuck, and it really speaks to the level, the the moral depths to which the NFL is capable of um, extending down to when there's a talented player uh, involved. Um, I mean, there's no doubting the talent. There is doubting the fact whether he, he'll play for quite a while. I mean, the Browns have basically now turned from one of the most, I think, one, probably one of the most genuinely popular teams in the NFL. Everyone kind of had good things to say about the Browns, a long-term suffering franchise that was finally turning it around, winning season, playoff wins, their defense looking great and everything, and now they've probably gone to being maybe not the most hated team because there's always still a lot of hate out there for, you know, Cowboys, Patriots, etc. But one of the most hated teams in the NFL because of this. This is, this is story's not going to go away as well. He's probably going to be suspended, civil suits, Matt, the fines, etc., etc., the Browns are probably going to have to write this season off and then start again next season. Uh, I feel sorry for Baker Mayfield, who has done the injuries that cost him last season, has really thrown thrown away what was a very good relationship because he was beginning to come together the season before last, leading when the playoff win and everything. And uh, yeah, now he's kind of stuck in purgatory, cost too much for a team maybe to pick up for the talent level that he has, and it's unsure where he'll end up and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, there's just a bad taste all around. I mean, the Falcons come off looking like idiots. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just a bad taste all around, and it's a story that's not going to end. And uh, I mean, the only justice that happens from this is is the guy either ends up with this criminal charge putting him in prison or the civil suits 
ruin him uh, and he doesn't come back to playing at the same level because he's been out for so long and the Browns suck for a while and Baker finds somewhere happy to play for a while and makes a few makes a playoff run or two uh, but it's unlikely what's likely going to be happen is in 2024 Watson's going to come play some great stuff and the Browns fans are going to forget forgive and forget and the NFL commentators will forgive and forget and everything will be swept under the carpet as it always seems to be done in the NFL in these kinds of things yeah and I think like we always expected the situation to end insofar as we have an ending with this trade like like in a way that you know would be bad which wouldn't make the NFL or the teams involved look good but the depth to which this went the 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 feeding frenzy that occurred here um which obviously as you said led to like Atlanta out of shame effectively having to trade Matt Ryan away a guy who seems like a very stand-up guy who's got an MVP at that team uh and basically like that situation ending like that and Baker Mayfield a guy who you know has given everything at that team like obviously maybe as a quarterback he, he's not like a top 10 guy and you know his he can be a bit his attitude can be up and down but he's obviously someone who invested a lot in being the Cleveland Browns quarterback and getting them back to the playoffs a couple of years ago um but just to see a guy who you know, regardless of what ends up happening with these civil suits and stuff like that, you know, it's hard to believe that there's there's not something that went on there that was inappropriate. And even if there isn't, like, the fact that that's still hanging over him and these teams are willing to just kind of literally, like, jump over each other, fight each other. Like, Cleveland was basically out of the running. That was officially, like, the insiders, like, Rappaport and Schefter were saying Cleveland weren't in anymore. It was between um, Atlanta and New Orleans at that point. But Cleveland come in and they're basically like, here's 230 million, fully guaranteed, and suddenly they're back in and you have the big announcement the next day. Um, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it you know, it, it's astounding. It feels like, you know, like the NFL very rarely surprises me these days. You know, we've been doing this podcast for nearly, uh, I think nearly eight years at this point, seven, eight years. But just this was truly, you know, next level stuff in terms of like, not just, not just like um, him coming out well out of this, but him actually being actively rewarded out of all of this. Like he, he, he already had an extension. He had multiple years left in his current contract, which was fairly well paid. But now he's actually, you know, among the very most well paid quarterbacks in the in the in the in the in the, in the NFL. The, the one the one hundred percent guaranteed thing I just could not get over that they're yeah. like, Oh, here's all this money and also like just to show that we're on your side, it's fully guaranteed. Like what the fuck? But that just that's just the ownership. Like the Haslam's obviously they've had a pretty poor record as owners and this has basically parachuted them right into the you know the Snyder tier of terrible owners who not only have shown an incompetence in terms of running a team over the years, uh, except, you know, getting saved recently in terms of, like, Stefanski coming in, but uh, who they ch- had to be forced to get a year later than he should have been there, uh, based on what the GM wanted to do. But now to have basically torpedoed whatever goodwill exists out of a sense of complete desperation is, you know, it, you know, it, it like, even for me, as I said, it's just, it was shocking how bad this got. Um, like, in terms of, like, what this means on the field, and it feels kind of dirty to talk about it, like, you know, they traded for Amari Cooper, um, Jarvis Landry isn't coming back so far, but he might be back, and, you know, they obviously have a great running backs and a good offensive line, so, you know, everything is set up there for um, Deshaun Watson to succeed, um, you know, Baker Mayfield looked good in this offense until he got injured last year, uh, and the year before, um, so that, that, that should work, unfortunately, um, 
And until then, they have Jacoby Brissett, who they signed as their backup quarterback, who you know probably won't win them like all their games, but might keep them relevant to the playoffs until Deshaun Watson comes back if he faces a suspension. But yeah, just the the money guaranteed, structuring the the contract so that any fine will be minimized, the huge haul that Houston got, which is you know what they you know they always said we're gonna get three first round picks, they got that and more, and yeah, it's just you know it, yeah, it's just very strange to see this happening for a guy who's still facing 20 civil suits who's facing a suspension and just coming out of this you know better off like anyway I, you know I, in dark humor but like you know there might be other team like other players looking at this as uh, leverage uh for future opportunities to get out of their team to get a better contract because that seems to be it if you're a good enough quarterback it seems yeah no it's crazy Another other interesting quarterback news. Uh, Tom Brady is now under investigation for the assassination of a head coach. Uh, he's <laughs> he retired for a subtotal of roughly thirty-five to forty days, and has now decided that he's going to unretire, even though he hadn't technically officially retired, and will be the starting quarterback in Tampa Bay in twenty twenty-two. Uh, which then suddenly kicked the Tampa Bay free agency into overdrive. Um, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Ryan Jensen, Carlton Davis, and a couple of others have all resigned. They've also added. Shaq Mason in a trade, uh, Russell Gage, uh, Logan Ryan, and, and a few others. Um, and then this is paired with head coach Bruce Arians uh, retiring and defensive coordinator Todd Bowles being made the new head coach of the team. This obviously comes after uh, Tom had retired and then decided to meet with the owners in the UK, went over to a United game, I think, was it? And uh, talked with them directly and then made the announcement he'll be coming back and all insider sources say that the point that he knew he was coming back, even though there was, I think, 10 days between the announcement of his unretirement and Bruce Arians' retirement, um, that it was known immediately that Tom returning meant that he was retiring. Uh, it's been spun as this positive story that Bruce Arians wants to leave the team in good hands to Todd Bowles and all this kind of stuff, which could, in theory, be true. But I'll be honest, looking at this from an outsider's perspective, it certainly doesn't look this way. It looks like Tom wasn't happy with Arians, didn't like the effort levels that he was putting in. And that was something we heard from a couple of other uh, players uh, coming out of that locker room last year in particular. Um, Arians going to move upstairs. He's going to get paid well. He's uh, he's, he's fine. Um, like he's, he's being well looked after. But I don't fully buy this story that Bruce Arians a curmudgeonly old man who's known for cutting a player for parking in his parking spot and having bad relationships with a lot of players and honestly actively saying that he didn't care that much anymore I'm not sure that this was his succession planning I think this was him being you know like one of the children's succession just getting cut out uh, by Tom who just didn't want him there anymore I'm, I'm a subscriber to the TB3 conspiracy you know Tampa Bay TB, Tom Brady, <laughs> TB, Todd Bowles, TB. And now they're you all going to get tuberculosis. Yeah, you couldn't have more TB unless you opened a sanatorium or had a few badger sets in there. I don't know. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, like, it was a weird sequence of events. Of course, like, the big thing, of course, is Tom Brady coming back on, you know, we are among the many people who talk about the NFL who now probably want to go listen back to what we said last time so we don't have to come up with why Tom Brady is great again in a year or two. Um, but, like, this... Oh, yeah, I'm ha- refusing to do a retirement piece <laughs> when he actually does retire now because we've done two, I think. Yeah, so, like, it's just a situation where, um, like, he comes back, obviously, like, you know, 
even a week or two after he retired, quote unquote, you know, he was doing interviews. It's like, well, oh, never say never. And as you were saying, he was meeting, he was having meetings with the ownership. And I think he before, just before he retired, he had a meeting with ownership uh, at a Man United game, who obviously have the same ownership as Tampa Bay. Um, so like all the things were there. And like, let's be honest, it's not that surprising. It's Tom Brady. Like the man loves football. He loves winning. So uh, you know, it's not that shocking thing to happen. And of course, it kind of had to happen at that point because you know a bunch of players were going to leave Tampa Bay most likely if Tom Brady didn't come back. But as soon as he came back, suddenly all these guys were on board. Like Chris Godwin gets his extension. Leonard Fournette comes back. Ryan Jensen comes back at center. Uh, and then co- keep some other guys at like Carlton Davidson. Even the guys that they lost, um, like the, the guard that retired, uh, Ali Marpet, they basically replaced him by trading for Shaq Mason for a very reasonable deal for New England. Um, perhaps the contract there just wasn't working out for them. Um, and they signed a guy like Russell Cage, which just adds to the weapons that they have available. Like He's a pretty good wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, like that's all happening. And then a few weeks later, just about a week ago at this point, um, Bruce Arians suddenly decides to retire, citing that you know he always wanted to leave a good situation to um, whoever succeeded him. And obviously Todd Bowles as a someone who already been a head coach before um was an obvious choice and like to be fair to bruce arians he has always been one of the best coaches in the nfl in terms of promoting minority candidates making them offensive coordinators making them defensive corners uh, hiring female assistants as well just being a, a trailblazer in terms of that like it's a guy who obviously had to wait a very long time to get his opportunity to become a head coach and in quite unusual circumstances well it was it was, it was it was it was only after he was retired by the steelers really wasn't it yeah like basically like he he got into you know, he like the Steelers didn't like him because he wouldn't use fullbacks because he play like he would go for like uh, like shots for touchdowns on short third and shorts and stuff like that, like very untraditional Steelers stuff. Uh, he, like the, the 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 obviously the vagaries of time have shown that he was completely correct and everyone's doing that now. Uh, but he was always been someone who's been aggressive and willing to go all in. And quarterbacks of generally tend to love him for that because they put he puts it in their hand. Now maybe they get hit a bit more often than they would like because he obviously has five man protections more. Often that, but you know, he was a guy that quarterbacks uh, liked, and he's worked with all the best quarterbacks of the last 20 years, like Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, etc. Um, so he's been very, very effective, and he got that ring obviously a couple of years ago to kind of put the cherry on top. Um, but yeah, like you know, like he is 69, he is very old, he has had health issues, so it's not a implausible story, but yeah, just a sequencing of things is kind of weird. Like he was obviously making comments. Um, I think at the combine, basically saying, uh, "Tom Brady's like saying he's going to retire for attention." I don't think he's actually coming back. We're bringing like Blaine Gabbert and stuff like that. So he he obviously wasn't privy to what was going on there with yeah. Tom Brady. So, you know, maybe Tom Brady shunted him up there. Maybe Bruce Arians genuinely just had a kind of reflection of like, you know, maybe you know they're offering a bunch of money to do nothing, and my you know I can spend more time with my wife and taking margaritas and having more biscuits. You know, since mm. uh, you know he's risked it at this point. He's risked it enough at this point. Um, uh, but yeah, like it's a little bit strange how it all went down. Um, but like you know, Arians is that kind of guy who speaks out and just says what he thinks all the time. That you know, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure the, the the conspiracy may or may not exist. But either way, he's probably happy enough. Everyone wins effectively. <laughs> Everyone wins except people who hate Tom Brady. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I I mean, I don't know if I really feel all that much about this. I, mean, I had a little bit of kind of you know sentiment when Brady quote-unquote retired and now i don't know what i feel about it at all i'm glad in a way there were vague rumors that he might have been traded to the dolphins which i think i would have been completely not okay with so the fact that he's staying in the nfc and the pats won't have to play him likely won't have to play him again uh is quite good 
Um, the team, I mean, we already saw the team was kind of falling. This this idea of running it back didn't quite work out last year. Seems like they're trying to do that a little bit again by adding maybe one or two small pieces to, to, to fix bits that are gone. Questionable, you know, if they're going to be making the step up that maybe needs to be done to, to win it again. I do, however, I do like the head coaching change. I mean, Arians, I don't think... I didn't have a lot of time for him as a head coach, or I had, you know, had some time, but not not a tremendous amount of time. He was good at, you know, making veteran QBs look good, but maybe not a whole lot else. But I think Todd Bowles is a very good DC. Um, I think the 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 mixture of Brady plus a defensive head coach is obviously what worked for such a long time in the past. So there's a good relationship there. It allows Brady to basically run the offense in, in conjunction with Byron Leftwich, the, the offensive coordinator, which seems to be what he wants to do, so he's going to be happier. And it seems like everybody's kind of, the team that's left is kind of, they're, they're happy with each other and everything's going to kind of fits together nicely like a jigsaw, so it works out in terms of that. Um, and obviously Brady's just come off, uh, you know, a basically an MVP caliber season at 44 or whatever he is. Um, so it's not like he's on the decline, so he probably can squeak another year um out of his career it's uh yeah but uh, but as someone who you know worshiped this man for a very long time i would thought i would have more of an opinion on this but i don't really it kind of feels like it's a strange th- it's a strange power move to do right to retire and unretire basically to get a head coach out if that's what it was if this whole thing was a play to get rid of bruce arians or whatever to demonstrate to the books that well it's either him or me and then they basically decided that it would be him it it does leave a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth in terms of that, but I mean it's, you know, he's two years or so or more now from being a Pats player, so maybe the the sentiment just gets less and less uh, as time goes on. But it's going to be interesting to see. I think they'll be coached better, but I not necessarily te- necessarily think the team is going to be that much better than last year. So they'll probably end up somewhere vaguely around the same place again, you know, divisional playoffs kind of championship, but maybe not necessarily good enough to win the Super Bowl, especially given how good the AFC teams are likely to be next year. Yeah, like I think the the, the the major main takeaway for us is just it should make the German game an awful lot more interesting now that we know yes. Tom's going to be playing there. So that'll uh, that'll be nice. It might make it more difficult to get our hands on feckin' tickets is the only thing. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move on. Injuries, just a quick one. Uh, 2022 NFL prospect linebacker David Ajabo has torn his Achilles might be gone for the entire 2022 season. Uh, I think he was projected as kind of like an upper second round kind of guy. Um but obviously this will have an impact on the draft stock, so we'll see how that'll play out. But we'll go with that in more depth than we're doing our draft preview episode. Uh, crime and punishment, what are they doing? Almost certainly felonies. Um, Washington team's accused of uh, financial impropriety where they withheld an agreed proportion of ticket sales revenues from NFL for visiting teams. Uh, the team denies that it did anything wrong. So this is basically whenever you're selling tickets in your stadium, you have to give a percentage of the uh, ticket take to the visiting team uh, as they also sell some of the tickets and they're basically said that they were not doing that and hiding money from them. Uh, the claims come from an employee, James Friedman, who made a secret testimony to the US House Committee on Oversight and Reform as part of the wider NFL investigation that's focused on harassment. Um, so I'm not sure if anything will come directly of this. Although, bizarrely, this is actually the kind of stuff that will probably piss off the owners more than some of the far worse things that <laughs> that the ownership there with Schneider has been doing. So this is the kind of stuff that might actually push them to try and force their hand to to, to change ownership. Uh, not that I see that happening anytime soon. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a grim spot when you read this, that it's, you know, it's a little bit of hidden non-revenue sharing would probably have a wider impact on you know leadership of that team versus sexual impropriety 
Yeah, echoes of like Al Capone where he goes to prison for tax, tax evasion <laughs> yeah instead of organized crime and it's like yeah that would be a suitable way for Dan Snyder <laughs> to finally get uh, over two thirds of the owners willing to actually force them out like basically that's why it's very hard to get rid of owners you need two thirds of the other owners to, to do it and mm. they obviously don't tend to do that for, for obvious reasons in terms of self-preservation and also um, you know don't want, don't want to upset the apple cart um Obviously, the team is denying everything for now. Like, we don't have any access to the actual testimony because it was made under uh, on, in, secretly um, to the U.S. House Committee. Um, but it does feed into some of the other accusations made. And I believe this is only one of the accusations made uh, by this employee, James Friedman. Um, others, which may also be related to financial dealings as well. Uh, but we have no details on that. Though he did also confirm and corroborate uh, testimony from other people around the harassment being an issue as well. Um, but just the, the weird... Way, places like this investigation into the Washington team has gone. You know, obviously with John Gruden getting fired, with all the evils being released, and now you know effectively them depriving like away teams any revenue, revenue which they certainly didn't do use to improve their stadium over the years because that's actually still a shithole. Yeah. Um, so ended yeah, a lot of careers a, that field. You know, at some point the NFL, the owners, like they need to recognize that this guy is shit. Um, He's up there now with the... Ha- I said him and the Haslam's are now in their own little shit circle of being cunts and bad at running football teams. But yeah, like the longer this goes on and the more these type of things coming out, the the more pressured it will be to just get rid of him. Maybe, maybe, maybe that is the plan, the NFL. They just misspelt the new name and it's actually the Washington Commandeers. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, that could be good. Um... Yeah, well, we'll we'll obviously follow up on that if anything else happens on it. But um, yeah, it would be it would be very Al Capone tax uh, <laughs> tax fraud, right? Uh, controversy corner and new offense uh, overtime rule has been put in place for the postseason. Uh, each team is now guaranteed a drive before sudden death is coming in after uh, teams tied after the respective first drives. This is because Josh Allen got a boo boo uh, in the game with the Chiefs oh, and they decided dear. to change it. Hey, look, yeah. the, Chief, the Chiefs brought this forward three years ago when it happened to us, yeah. and everyone voted it down, and now Josh Allen gets a boo-boo, and we change all the fucking rules. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, to be honest, I don't really... I don't know what the answer to this is, because I don't think this is the answer either, because realistically, all this means is in that game, though it was going, the Chiefs would sk- score, the Bills would score, and then the Chiefs would score, and the Chiefs would win, and it would be that they didn't get to have the ball a second time. I, I don't know how you fix the overtime rule, but this literally in that type of scenario just means that it happens on the third drive instead of the first drive. I actually yeah. really... Sorry, Charles, you go ahead first. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Connor, that it doesn't... I mean, it, it makes it a little bit fair. It doesn't necessarily make it completely fair. One idea I did hear that I, that I did like was to just have like a, a 10 or 15 minute period where you basically, the score at the end decides it. So there's actually like a time function as mm. in there would be at, at the end of the fourth quarter where teams are actually trying to chase wins or control the clock or, you know, use yeah. their times out or something like that. That seems to me that that could probably work better than this. This is better than the other system, but obviously, yeah, when you're in a Bills Chiefs scenario, all that's going to happen is that the, the team is going to score on the second drive, is it is going to win the game. Slightly fair, but, but it's an improvement, mm. but not enough of an improvement, yeah. I suppose, I, like the, the only thing I can think of as a justification is that it means that there is more plays for the defense to make a play on, I suppose. Like that's about it. I, I think you're underestimating this rule change. I actually think I actually think this is quite good, especially in the case of a, a game in, in, in the postseason where obviously there can't be a tie. Um, I, why do I think that? Well, like I think you know, right now all of the 
imbalances in favor of the team who gets it first. Um, but obviously they still will have an advantage in the sense that if it goes to sudden death, they'll be the first team to get access to sudden death. But the team that goes second will now have the advantage that they have in college over time where you obviously know what you need to get. But I also do think it'll have some interesting strategic choices to make when you actually do score a touchdown. Because, you know, if you're the first team, are you willing to lay it all the line for go for that, that two-point conversion? Um, or do you just take the seven points and force them to go for a two-point conversion, uh, but giving them obviously a chance to take you off the field immediately with that conversion? So I do think there's actually some interesting tactical choices here, and I think you know I don't think I don't think there's any. It's very difficult to create a rule that's balanced, but I do think you can see an advantage for both sides with the first bite at having uh, a sudden death still for the first team, albeit after two drives, uh, but the second team having the advantage of knowing exactly what they need to do. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the proof will be in the pudding, but I think it's certainly an improvement over what was there previously. Yeah, we'll see. I imagine that we're just going to end up with someone being annoyed about another element of it anyway. Um, but it's also, it depends on whether we actually end up seeing that because it could be, I think we tend to have one on average in a postseason yeah, at the moment. Real. But like, we'll see because it might end up that it's not that close. Like, like, like imagine like, you know, you score a touchdown, but you go for the one point. The other team scores a two point conversion to kick you out. Like, yes, that feels bad, but on the other hand, you could have went for the two-point if you wanted to. You made that choice to, to give them that, you know, whatever chance percentage chance to win the game after you, um, rather than going to sudden death. Eh, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, still, I still don't think it fixes the issue, but uh, I get what you're coming from. Uh, other bits of news. Frank Gore is officially retired after 16 seasons. He's going to take a one-day contract to San Francisco. He finished uh, third in most career yards, 16,000 with five Pro Bowls, uh, 2021 Team of the Decade, uh, he's doing a bit of boxing uh I, th- I think he did one fight already and it did not go well i yeah. hope he does not do it there was some talk about him maybe taking a front office position uh somewhere and i hope he goes down that route instead because dude's old dude does not need to be a boxer yeah but the, the guy obviously likes just you know sticking to sticking it to the man and just kind of keep going when no one else wants him to the the inconvenient truth i think is the the around the nfl calls him but like look mm. like he, he had an amazing career in terms of longevity we're talking about a position here that you know basically churns through players at an absolutely ferocious pace and we'll probably see the evidence of that in the free agency review so far um in terms of contracts but this guy he showed up um for san francisco throughout the first like half of his career he was uh, like a perennial pro bowl type uh, running back uh, putting over a thousand yards a season it wasn't the flashiest performances he wasn't like lt or or christian mccaffrey or these guys who kind of you know blow you away but just a guy who you can give the ball to 20 times a game and he will keep grinding it out and he will give you the you know the setting that you need to run all the rest of your offense off um and so an amazing servant there and obviously to come obviously you know famously he he suffered a significant injury at the college level that could have ended his career so to have had this level of longevity is impressive and like yes did he get to 16,000 yards in the most explosive like Barry Sanders way no but you know I think this sense of longevity this sense of iconic is almost iconic longevity at this point and how solid and good a player he was for such a long time means I do um, Hall of Fame I think is is, is appropriate for someone yeah I do think if I remember correctly that like he has essentially his career yardage I think is equivalent to the total career yardage of the five running backs taken ahead of him in his draft here. So like he's he has just been going forever. 
um, Energizer Bunny style. Um, offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth is also retired after 16 seasons. He gets to walk off with a Super Bowl ring after having a good career in Cincinnati in the Rams. He has two All-Pros, four Pro Bowls, uh, 239 games played, and a ring. And he also, I think he won the, the, the he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Um, so really strong resume and a good way to, to be able to finish up from what seems to be universally liked as a, as a good dude in the league as well. So uh, good for him. <laughs> yeah, all around good guy and ends with a Super Bowl. I mean, there are some there are some good stories in the NFL, and this is one of them. Yeah, yeah. And Malcolm Jackson's the safety is retired after 13 seasons. Excellent career at New Orleans and Philadelphia. Two Super Bowl rings and three Pro Bowl nods. Uh, happy days for him, I suppose. Yeah, just another guy who seems to be okay. We'll take the good news where we get it at the moment. Yeah, and uh, big news: Detroit Lions have been named as the 2022 Hard Knocks team. Looking forward to that one. That'll be a good crack. Hopefully, Hard Knocks is. Hopefully, hopefully, Hard Knocks is better this year. Detroit Lions feel like a team that'll be more fun because it's been a little bit bleh the last year or two. Um, yeah, the only the only thing I don't like about this is like it'll probably end up with more Jared Goff, but maybe they drop someone in the first round and don't have to put us through more of his golf. Or or we end up with like you know Baker Mayfield there and we get the uh, yeah that'll be that'll be sweet. So like what I want Baker Mayfield and Gardner Minshew picked up by the Lions and then a three way camp battle for quarterback. Uh, yeah. yeah look, like, if you're if you're the if you're the Lions front office, forget about actually trying to win a few games because you're not going to get anywhere near the playoffs. Your entire aim for the next twelve months or for the, this period is to find a way to make this the most interesting thing possible for everyone. So yeah, pick up all the quarterbacks, have like a a sixteen quarterback competition, uh, um, and see how it goes. Yeah. Like bring in Antonio Brown, but bring him in as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they got Dan Campbell. It's going to be good. It's yeah. Be good. Um, uh, we'll have a look at some of the non-free agent transactions. Uh, so there's a trade. Philly have traded their two, their 2022 first-round picks, number 16, number 19, and a sixth-round for uh, a first-round pick, a third-round pick, a seventh-round pick, and uh, a 2013 first and a second-round pick from New Orleans. Um, I don't think i like this trade but i also know that there's lots of moving pieces in it it seems to be based on the idea that philly don't really love this draft class uh they want to push some of their picks into next year as well so uh yeah they're obviously not planning to move up for one of the quarterbacks here uh, new orleans need to fire a lump of pieces in it would appear uh, i don't know if this is a quarterback move it feels like a quarterback move but um yeah i don't know i i like it just it, it feels like Philly are giving up a lot more than they're getting back here, particularly because like some of it's in next year. But that's if they di- if they don't like this draft class as much and they're feeling next year better, then then it makes sense, I suppose. But like, I don't love giving up sixteen and nineteen to take eighteen and then whatever random one they get next year. Uh, yeah, like I, I think uh, on average I would probably agree with you, but I think it it probably is draft specific, and of course I think there are you know obviously these things will change greatly in a year's time, but there are you know it's a, there's a belief that there'll be two or three you know elite level quarterbacks available in next year's draft. They have Jalen Hurts, who obviously has an opportunity this year to prove that he's a franchise level quarterback, but what we've seen so right now is that he's a very interesting player but perhaps isn't that that level he's obviously not a uh, like a you know the guys have been traded for this offseason be guys like russell wilson um so you know teams like them and miami who have traded a bunch as we're talking about in a moment but who are keeping all of their 2023 ammo available i do think a lot of teams are arming up for a quarterback next year to get one of those guys who will probably go in the top five as for new orleans like 
it's a bit strange for them as well. Like, I'm not quite sure what moving up, you know, one position is. Um, there's some reports they want to avoid. They want to get a uh, they want to get an offensive tackle by going to number 16. That's a bit low wattage for this kind of move. But hmm. you know, obviously, they're a team with a with a new uh, coach and a kind of new situation where they don't want to really have a, a terrible year and all get shit canned. Um, they might feel they're under more pressure to kind of uh, get like replenish the troops now and kind of get going. And obviously, their contract situation isn't great so they probably need to have more draft guys come in and make an impact sooner whereas Philly are kind of they're kind of in a interstitial stage basically so can afford to be maybe a bit more patient but I do think it has to be it's all about the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks this season are definitely not good about uh, next season people are very hyped for the 2023 draft in terms of those yeah, like I, I, I can, I can see some of that. It's just, yeah, it. I, I would have hoped that they'd have gotten a bit more here, but like, I'll, it is obviously just their war room is deciding, and uh, they, yeah, fair enough. Uh, some extensions and bits and pieces like that. So the Rams have extended Matt Stafford four years, 160 million with 135 million guaranteed. Pretty decent price for guys just won a Super Bowl for them, I suppose. Happy days. Um, yeah, that like it makes sense, particularly given looking at what the what the contracts being given out to Olympic guys are now uh, this is not at the top end of this of the, of the list and it feels about right for Stafford yeah he's getting paid and if you compare it to Kirk Cousins who's getting paid directly below I mean in terms of per year they're getting a Super Bowl winning quarterback for about the same price per year that yeah Minnesota are getting Kirk Cousins which you know that that says a lot about the value of this trade. Yeah, uh, speaking of Kirk Cousins, yeah. has been extended by one year for thirty-five million dollars. This had to happen because holy shit, they fucked up his contract something fierce. Uh, so basically, at the moment, his cap hit is thirty-one million this year, and it's going to be thirty-six million last year. They caught him this year is eighty million of dead cap space against him. Like, um, yeah, uh, and as it stands with this extension, if I understand some of the details correctly, he's he's still getting paid like six and a bit million, like two years after he stops playing for them uh which is just like they're they're really digging their way out of a hole here um almost like fully guaranteed contracts can sometimes end up uh, not working out but (laughs) yeah that that has no relevance to any other news stories this week no not at all um so yeah enjoy enjoy the rest of your time with fucking kirk cousins minnesota and new orleans have re-signed james winston two years 28 millions they've also signed andy dalton and they're saying that Taysom hill is now a tight end although if you remember there was a weird clause in his contract about if he's a quarterback or whatever um so that's probably just really want to state that out there front and center winston is on two years 28 million and Dalton is on less uh, neither of them are heavily paid as you said Fitz it sounds like that trade is them looking at a quarterback most likely or at, if not that looking at getting the replacement for you next year after they sit behind them for a year but uh, yeah and, and like they're kind of in a weird situation now because they basically moved a huge amount of money into signing bonuses in expectation of being part of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and now they ended up signing a guy like Andy Dalton to use up some of that and they're making other kind of a few other kind of low wattage moves in New Orleans mm-hmm. as well uh, they signed uh, Daniel Sorensen yeah. and uh, Jaleel Johnson if you, guys oh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you want to talk about following Seals they've signed Daniel Sorensen and if I remember correctly I think Honey Badger is down there today having a chat yeah so like they're, they, they might sign a few players but obviously like all that money is now going to the future and they're kind of going to be in a tough cap situation if any of those guys uh, drop off uh, over the next few years. Uh, but look, for New Orleans, they lost the, the sweepstakes. Um, obviously, New Orleans is a team that I, I generally have a lot of time for, uh, given their history. Uh, but uh, yeah, 
uh, well, obviously there's some bad things they've done, but uh, generally been fine. Uh, oh, spe- speaking of which, I saw the uh, I saw the Netflix film about Sean Payton's year off. Oh, is that out yet? Is it? Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> is it bad? It is not great. Uh, <laughs> Kevin James okay. is Sean Payton in a thing that very much tries to make it seem like Sean Payton did nothing wrong. <laughs> Well, I like I was talking, I listened to another podcast there where uh, what was it like Sean Payton was complaining about being like the twenty fourth hottest coach according to some article. Yeah, so, <laughs> Kevin James playing you is probably beating into that as well. I imagine. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's not it's not a great film. I cannot recommend um, it. It's I think, look, it, it's a good hangover film if you're stuck for a day and you're kind of looking look, for something for the background. J- Jameis Winston is now the starter. He was very conservative early last year, but we know he could probably you know, expand a bit if he wanted to. Um, is he just going to have LASIK surgery again to see if he can do yeah. a bit more? But, but they're, they're basically back where they were at the beginning of last year, which is to say a team that feels a little bit underpowered. Um, but with the NFC being so weak, I still think they, they might be a, a fringe playoff type team. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo have extended wide receiver Stefan Diggs. Uh, he's got a four-year, $96 million contract. Um, this, I think, locks him in for the next six years there. And uh, they, they've been very direct in their attention that they want him to retire with them. they you know they spent capital to get him over there he's working out well for them it makes perfect sense to me uh yeah, and that's and a good my, my, that's a good price given what the wide receiver market is doing at the moment yeah i was about to say it might, might have been paying attention to some uh big uh <laughs> contracts we give it out elsewhere yeah and vegas uh i believe the sean you were beating the drum for this guy uh previously uh max crosby who had a very good season with them four years 95 million dollar extension uh he is pretty much all they have on that offensive line even given all the investment they put in there so it makes sense to put a quality player who's you know delivering where they don't really have any other players of note yeah i mean it looks like i mean we'll talk about this the raiders make a little bit of move in terms of some of the offensive side that they picked up so keeping your best defensive player or the entirety of your defense for all intents and purposes sometimes is good is a good he's a very easy i love watching him play he's, he's so explosive and um, but yeah, they really would. Without him, they would not have a defense to speak of. So if you want to have, if you want to make the the offensive side happy with Devonte Adams and such like, you got to have a decent defense. And Crosby's a big part of that. Yeah, and uh, with that note, we'll go and we'll start having a look at some of the free agency moves that we've seen uh, this season. So we'll probably what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll go kind of like two or three of the teams that have been making big splash moves uh, that we haven't discussed. So obviously, like things like we discussed Russell Wilson's trade last last uh, episode and stuff. So we'll skip over those and then we'll kind of go a little a quick flying trip through the position by position who's gone where what's still out there uh if there's anything of interest there so we'll kick off with miami um so miami have decided fuck it let's get aggressive it definitely feels like the afc east is open what with the patriots looking halfway decent again the bills being dominant uh like i don't i don't know why they decided that this is it but miami have uh, traded for tyreek hill they've given uh, 2022 first round second round and fourth round pick as well a 2023 fourth round and sixth round pick uh, and then they also gave, instantly gave Hill a uh, four-year $120 million extension uh, they've also signed veteran offensive line in Turon Armstead Connor Williams uh, they've added Edmonds and Mosert at running back and Alec Ingold at fullback this is obviously a big push to try and get everything up and running because they need to figure out what they've got in Tua this is a team that was connected to the Sean Watson stuff as well um 
Obviously, new coach Mike McDaniel wants to implement a Shanahan-type scheme. They want to get that zone rushing stuff in place, and they really want to kind of get a quick turnover and get everything in place in the offense to figure out what they have. They've uh, franchise tag Gasicki, so they're going to keep him, although he might try and push for a better deal because I think that if I remember the tight end uh, franchise tag is absolutely tiny at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I think we were discussing on text like this is a okay. Here's the Porsche like can you drive it to a there are loads and loads of weapons here even if they have just um they've just traded uh the other wide receiver Devontae parker to new england which i thought was a smart bit of business on new england and i am slightly annoyed that they didn't involve that in the tyreek hill trade to be honest um but yeah they have uh weapons abound for him new o-line like yeah it looks looks pretty good to me like this is a good miami team uh yeah, like this is this is very much a absolute put up or shut up year for for Tua. Yeah, but the problem is I don't know how much sense it actually makes. I mean, Tyreek Hill, his talent obviously is his, you know, his sprinting ability, his yards after the catch, the you know the explosiveness. But Tua is not really that kind of quarterback, so yeah. you, you wonder about how joined up the thinking is. Obviously, they've they put a lot into making this offense as explosive as possible, given their defense is already I think pretty good. So it, it makes sense on paper, but I just I have to see it on the field. I have to see how Tyreek Hill will fit into the system. Yes, he's been doing more underneath stuff last year because the Chiefs needed him to do that. But that's not what is that's not what you do a blockbuster trade for is for a slot receiver or an underneath guy. You do it for the guy who's going to get you explosive touchdowns or, or sixty yard plays. And Tua, yeah, I I I don't think he's going to be up to it. I think that the Dolphins may very well be looking for a new QB in 2023 but um it's it's ambitious but i would worry about how coherent a strategy it is yeah and remember like you know they've traded a bunch of picks here um but they're nearly all from this year they basically have nothing in the draft this year but they still have two first rounders next year they have other picks i think they got a third rounder for Devontae parker for example so they have plenty of ammunition no matter where they how they actually do this year in terms of their draft position um to go after an elite replacement for tua if that's what they need to do and you know they signed teddy bridgewater's back but you know the backup obviously not the most exciting option but obviously if tua gets injured again um, or two, it just sucks. Then you know Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who who can you know he's a point guard quarterback who can get the ball into the guys who are talented like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Like Jalen Waddle was really really good last year, albeit primarily it's kind of almost a possession receiver. Albeit he's he's an incredibly explosive player, but him him and Tyreek Hill alongside Mike Kosicki those are three explosive weapons who can do damage both underneath uh, but also can do damage um, over the top of course it's just a matter of whether that latter part can be exploited um, compared to obviously having a Pat Mahomes in there who obviously you have to respect the deep ball when Pat Mahomes is around do you have to respect Tua's deep ball that's going to be the big question here Um, uh, but I think you know if they can do that from play action, if they can get this run game going quickly with the new offensive line and they bring in Edmonds and they bring in Mostert and they bring in a fullback, Alec Ingold, like he was paid like one of the better running backs compared to other contracts going out there. You know, if they can get that going, the zone like like San Francisco have, then you have all the tools there now to, you know, you know, have someone run the ball well, get the ball into these explosive playmakers' hands fast and just beat teams down that way. And then, you know, they, they can't fully, they, you know, unless two is, truly terrible at the deep ball they can't completely disrespect the the you know they can't come in too 
close and, and take that away. But uh, I think Tua will just have to prove in the first few games that he gets a danger down deep, and this could be a really explosive option. And the defense, it was a little bit disappointing last year by the statistics, but they have plenty of talent there. Um, so if they if they can get that back up and running like it was a couple of years ago, then I don't think the defense should be a problem either. Yeah. It's exciting times in Miami, although the question obviously being who's in the driver's seat there. Uh, moving over to probably the most difficult uh, difficult division in football, the AFC West. The Chargers have decided that uh, they don't care that everyone else has already got their pieces and are building massively. They also want to get in on the in on the action, so they've decided to overhaul their defense by adding a couple of big name uh, items. Now, dude. Do we know as Khalil Mack would he would he have any idea of how to play in the AFC West? Like, would he have any any any, any history there at all? Because uh, he's come <laughs> over for a second and the sixth round pick, and he's going to get two games a year against the Raiders, who traded him out of the division and then requested to trade him back from the Bears, I believe, last off season as well. They also signed J.C. Jackson, a cornerback, uh, Sebastian J. Jones and Austin Johnson at defensive tackle. Uh, they've lost a couple of important players, uh, Awuzu, White, Jones and a few like those. So, hey, uh, Staley's going to have to figure out a few bits of how to play around those that they've lost. Um, but, yeah, like this is, you know, it makes sense for them to work on that defense. The offense is pretty pretty tasty there like they've got the quarterback position even if they you know still charge is going to charge make mistakes um you know they kept mike williams but if i remember correctly they paid him a lot of money to keep him as well for it did it proved indicative of where all the wide receiver market was going at that point but i thought at the time that's a lot of money for a mike williams um but yeah like it's it's um it's interesting gerald everett's coming in who you know was good but then you know was was he injuries or was he just getting a lot of time splits i think it was injuries that was happening there wasn't he, it he was injured and you know there, were, there was some issues look ever i think is an upgrade over what they had there previously um obviously they had jared cook who well long in the tooth at this point but like look i think this is all about the defense right like brandon staley came in as a as with a reputation as a defensive genius and then he put out one of the worst defenses in the league in his first year as head coach ironically the offense was was lights out and there's certainly no issue with that and they keep mike williams who was great in the first half of the year before picking up an injury and obviously they still have austin eckler uh, and they have all the other weapons that they need there like keenan allen uh, to keep going there and they put a bunch of money to the offensive line last year so that should still be an improved unit so you know they got justin herbert they got the weapons like the offense is more or less go they might you know pick up some more additional things in the draft or later on in free agency to, to boost that up but it's all about that defense and in particular that run defense i said you know in the preview they got to get some fat guys when they get in sebastian joseph day they get in austin johnson and they basically got rid of a bunch of their current defensive linemen and linebackers who obviously weren't living up to the reputation they needed to just do the simple thing of stopping teams running on you i know we're in a pass first league now but if a team can get like you know four five six yards to carry on you um they're going to do that and they're going to make you pay for that um, so, you know, they did lose, like, Wosu is probably the only major loss, I think, in terms of uh, their, their defensive, uh, like, the defensive talent. But overall, I think you bring in JC Jackson, who obviously was great for New England, uh, you know, who's obviously a guy who can make big plays for you, um, take the ball away. And, you know, Khalil Mack, like, look, is Khalil Mack the same force he was, uh, like, in his prime? Um, maybe not, but he's going to be playing alongside Joey Bosa. So he's going to be getting one-on-one chances to beat tackles every single game and if you have two guys who can be pro bowl level players on both ends of your line you should be able to get pressure in the passing game so for me you know 
we'll see if this comes together and Staley can live up to his reputation. But even if they can just get the defense to be in like a middling defense, then that puts the Chargers right up there with the best in the AFC and they'll be a very dangerous team. The only problem for them is that they're in the AFC and everyone's fucking loading up there. Yeah, I mean, this my, my take on this is it's obviously an upgrade and obviously the defense was the problem. But you wonder a little bit if they've been focusing on upgrading their the wrong parts, as in the 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 past defense was kind of middle of the pack. I think maybe tenth or eleventh last year, and obviously the Jackson is is you know an immense talent at, at corner cornerback, and Cleo Mack is going to be huge. And obviously their past defense is, is they're probably looking to be you know maybe top five with that. Um, but the, maybe they should have you know dumped more money into the the run side of it. I mean, obviously these these the two acquisitions they have will improve things, but the when the explosive names are the guys who are going to improve your pass defense and the run defense is the problem. Again, there's a little bit of a, of coherence questions in, in terms of coming that up. Now, you know, if Staley is lives up to his reputation, then obviously maybe he finally knows a way to pull this all um, together. And but I mean, the problem is the division is is hella difficult. Um, and they're going to be, you know, fighting it just to make the playoffs here. But uh, yeah, if it all comes together, this is going to be a scary team on both sides of the ball. But I, I like the Miami thing. I have to see how this works in practice before I make a comment on it because I think they made they put a lot of money into improving the bits that weren't that bad, and the bits that were that bad, they maybe haven't put as much as they could have. Yeah, like I think the challenge for Staley is similar to the challenge that. Um... Sean McVay had when he brought in Matthew Stafford like he got all the toys he needed now I'm going to take this to the next level well now the Chargers have made that investment in defense they've brought in the big names like Mack and Jackson he's got to prove that he can do a similar thing for his defense in year two yeah and it's going to be as I said uh, we'll talk about it once we get on to our divisional previews and stuff but uh, that's going to be a tough division for them to be playing in as well uh, everyone seems to be going hell for leather there another um, AFC Probably more of an established uh, contender, we'll say Buffalo have overturned their roster, uh, but they, they, they've decided to add one big superstar, I suppose, uh, even if he's, I think the term you used earlier was long in the tooth. Uh, Von Miller has decided to take a, 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 no, this is hyperbole, but I believe it's something like a 15-year, $6.2 billion contract <laughs> um, to be the defensive weapon that will get them over the edge uh, alongside Tim Seattle, Daquan Jones, Shaq Lawson, and Jordan Phillips. Um, yeah, like, it's 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 an interesting bit they've done because, like, they do have, just overall, a very good team. And it was, you know, it was a matter of, 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 of inches and uh, possibly regulation that meant that they didn't make it to the to the AFC Championship game uh, last year. They've added Jamison Crowder, who, you know, they've gotten rid of Beasley. So that's, I think getting rid of Beasley is probably just a net positive. Uh, Crowder has upside, uh, although I don't think we've seen all of it. Uh, they've added an OJ Howard, the tight end, who, you know, has always showed a lot of promise. But again, I don't know if it's injuries or just kind of splitting playing time hasn't shown at all and uh duke johnson who i actually i honestly thought it kind of stopped playing a while back to me honest uh has gone in there as well but look they basically looked at their team from last year and said we're pretty fucking good uh we are pretty young so we haven't lost too much uh on that we're not losing too many players here that we need like oh woe is me mitch trubisky's no longer our backup or whatever but uh yeah, they kind of went, right, we need one or two difference makers who can kind of help us out. And Von Miller, even though he's old, he's still good. We saw in, in, in the playoff run that like he didn't he didn't do a huge amount at the tail end of the season, but in the playoffs, he was he was gold for L.A. And uh, yeah, no, like, I, I like I like this. I do worry sometimes that it might be a little touch of, 
you know, the, the the Chiefs did it and then Tampa Bay did it exactly of the this worked last year, so we'll just run it back because I think teams do adapt to things and, and you know, the more you put the same stuff on paper, the more people will be able to deal with it. Maybe they could have done with another little sprinkling of something new, but that could be what the draft is being used for. But, like, they're a young, good roster. I kind of support this, like, add one or two small pieces and hope that that'll push us over the edge because what they had was a pretty tasty meal. Yeah, I mean, that. this is what it feels like to me. I mean, a, a lot of my feelings about the Bills are maybe not based on kind of the hard facts, but just the feeling of it. Like two years ago when they fell just when they fell short against the Chiefs in the, in the AFC Championship game, I was like, this is the, this, that's the target they have to get over. They have to become better than the Chiefs. And they didn't really do an awful lot that offseason, and they ended up losing to the Chiefs in the playoffs again. This feels like they, they finally figured out, okay, we need to become X amount better than we were last year if we want to get over that particular hump. So they've they've added the superstar edge. They've they messed around a little bit in terms in terms of the, the, the defensive line. They've added pieces you know, wide receiver and tight end and such like. It's they've they've overhauled bits that weren't working. They've brought in other parts. I I think there is net positive here. I think they are going to be a better team that comes out of this and I think it's going to be a big year for them because it kind of feels like if they don't do it this year, the, the project might start to, the wheels will come off. There's only so much momentum you can, you know, keep a, a, a team together for and you keep falling short year after year, it, it might uh, fall, uh, it might start to come apart. So, I mean, the big criticism I have is that, I mean, they have no run game and they still have no run game. I mean, they have a Josh Allen run game. They don't have a non-Josh Allen run game. I would have liked to see them adding someone who's not Duke Johnson to the, the running back core, maybe to upgrade there. Um, but otherwise, I think it's I think it's a nice, it's a, it's a very good team that's become slightly better and therefore makes it more likely that they'll win. And I do kind of have a feeling this might be their year when it all kind of clicks together. The pieces that have worked before these new pieces come together and this could be the year uh, that they go all the way. Yeah, like Vaughn Miller to some extent feels like a, a postseason indulgence as a team that expects to make the postseason and I would expect them to make it there. They already have a couple of young guys that will probably continue to get a lot of reps in Gregory Rousseau and AJ Epinesa. Um, don't be surprised if they bring guys back guys like Mario Addison or Jerry Hughes who are still free agents who are well up there in years but have plenty of experience in the McDermott system and would probably be got for veteran minimum at this point. And you know, they added some really low-key but smart ads like Tim Settle and Daquan Jones. They get Shock Lawson back who was traded away uh, several years ago. He comes back in the same system which he succeeded. You know, that's the kind of moves that make you think this team knows what it's doing. When players go elsewhere, they get paid and then they come back for basically nothing and then, you know, we'll see if they get the same stuff out of Shaq Lawson they did um, in previous years. So on the defence... I think McDermott, you could trust that he will be able to create at the very least like a, a top half of the NFL defense and possibly very often more than that. Um, on the offense, like, yeah, like, look, Jamison Crowder, OJ Howard, Duke Johnson, these aren't moves that are going to make you like cream your pants anything like that but Jameis Crowder was a very effective slot receiver for the New York Jets he just got replaced by Will Beasley for I think like half the price effectively and OJ Howard like they have Dawson Knox there he's on establishes the tight end one but OJ Howard you know a guy who definitely has plenty of upside if he is not completely busted due to his injury look the problem with both of their current running backs is that they're kind of 
you know, jack of all trades, master of none. They're fine in every aspect of the game, but they're not good at anything. Whereas Duke Johnson is a very effective uh, pass catching back. He actually has a specific role he can play in that uh, thing. And there's still plenty of slack left in the running back market, as we'll talk about in a moment. So they could definitely pick up someone there for cheap in the upcoming weeks or get someone in the draft. Um, you can always pick up good running backs in the second, third, fourth round. So overall, I'm pretty happy with what they did here. And, you know, they swapped Roger Saffold for Darrell Williams. That just feels like another, like, get cheap move uh, without really having a downgrade there. Um, so for a team that's already kind of already paid Allen, they're going to get the same situation as the Chiefs where these con big contracts are going to matter like the one that they just gave to Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, these are the types of moves that make sense. Von Miller, a little bit of indulgence. Don't be surprised if he's kind of saved to some extent uh, to the playoffs unless they get into a sticky wicket during the season. Um, a bit like Josh Allen's run game. Don't expect to see that during the first half of the season, but if they need it, like they did the last season, expect him to start running more and for them to start being a lot more dynamic. But this is a team that's obviously expecting to make the playoffs and to win in the playoffs, and for that you need guys like Von Miller, or at least that's the theory here. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it rolls. There's been a couple of other active teams. Uh, Vegas, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Baltimore all spring to mind as ones that have been doing a lot. Uh, we'll just kind of have a quick jump from position to position to see what uh, what's left out there. So quarterbacks, we talked about Watson, we talked about Wilson. Matt Ryan, as we mentioned, went to Indianapolis uh, on a... I think they've guaranteed the last two years of his deal and in and Atlanta get a third-round pick from him. Uh, Marcus Mariota is now in Atlanta and is apparently the answer to their problems. Jesus Christ. Uh, two years, uh, nearly $19 million on his contract. And uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the solution in Pittsburgh for two years and $14.8 million so expect them to be in the market for someone else uh we also mentioned teddy bridgewell is in miami now and tyrod taylor is the backup in uh new york for the giants at the moment uh so just in terms of who you've got left over we've obviously got baker mayfield who's looking for a trade partner i would be eyeing up uh seattle and if it wasn't for the fact that it was in division i would have been looking at uh pittsburgh as well uh jimmy g is obviously out on the trade market but he's having a shoulder surgery uh and that's slowing things down a little bit and uh ryan fitzpatrick is out there if you want to add the kind of wild card element of uh could be great but he's also now two years since he's had a big year um so yeah quarterback market not looking too nice at the moment yeah, like, look, the, the musical chairs have mostly stopped now, and I think, you know, teams like Baker Mayfield and Jimmy G, these were guys who might have got a, you know, a more hype or more interest if things had turned out differently, but where things are right now, I think the teams who might want a quarterback, like Seattle uh, or Carolina... Um, or even Pittsburgh, I think they're kind of happy to just like sit down and wait these teams out. I think particularly in the Cleveland situation, they basically have no leverage because they can be already requested a trade when they were out under the Sean Watson situation. They certainly have zero leverage with him now when he's due, I think, 19, 20 million yeah. on his, like, the last year of his contract. So I think he will... I, I wouldn't say to be ultimately gets cut or gets like traded for like a fourth or fifth or something uh, very small. Like... <laughs> the Matt Ryan trade, like, look, it's not the most exciting trade for Indianapolis, and they're in the AFC, so they, you know, if you're not got the superstar quarterback, where are you in the AFC? But for a team that, you know, was in the Carson Wentz situation, they traded Carson Wentz away for two third-round picks, and then they used one of those third-round picks to trade for Matt Ryan. To me, that seems like pretty good business, even if they had to trade away, like, the yeah. first-round pick to uh, Philly last year for Carson Wentz. So given how bad a situation they were in, they could be pretty happy with how this turned out. Um, and Matt Ryan, like, look, 
you definitely need to protect them, but they have the the makings of a pretty good offensive line there. They you know they need to add a, a left tackle and maybe another guard, but overall they have Ryan Kelly, they have uh, Quinton Nelson, um, they have Braden Smith, they have three really good offensive linemen. So if they can protect Ryan and they have a good running back, we know that and Jonathan Taylor, you know the weapons could be improved a little bit, but. Uh, don't be surprised if Ryan at least gets them into the playoffs. I think they're definitely a playoff team. And in the weakest AFC division, I certainly think they're in contention there. As for the other potential starting quarterbacks in free agency, uh, or like tr- trades free agency, like Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, both of these are pretty depressing if they actually end up starting week one, particularly Atlanta, which is just the worst team in the NFL right now. Um, and he's just going to make them not only incredibly bad, but also incredibly boring. The last time we saw him, he was just one of the least exciting quarterbacks in the league, which is unfortunate because he, he was pretty exciting when he could still run. Um, and that's for Mitchell Trubisky. He can't throw the half the field. We said it last time. We're not buying the Mitchell Trubisky hype. Like no. he, he might do okay and get like to eight and nine or nine and eight because the Pittsburgh Steelers are a really good organization. Um, but he should not be the long-term starter for that team if they want to contend in the stacked AFC. No, of course. Let's move on to running back and fullbacks. Uh, like one, one of these things is not like the other. So uh, I'll just give you like the, the, the top five that we had uh, starting at five and moving upwards. This is what they were getting in contract wise. One year, 1.5 million. One year, 1.6 million. One year, 1.5 million. One year, 2 million. And then Chase Evans, two years, $12 million. I'm not sure he's that much better than some of the other ones on this list. Uh, they also gave the fullback Ingold uh, two years, $6.5 million, so they're investing a lot in there. Evans has gone to Miami. Mostert's gone to Miami. Rojo has gone to Kansas City. Damian Williams to Atlanta. And uh, Jacob Johnson to uh, Las Vegas. So... Yeah, like what you've got left on the market here, if you're looking, is Melvin Gordon, Sonny Michelle, and Jarek McKinnon. I'm surprised that the Chiefs didn't re-sign McKinnon, given how he performed from at the back end. Um, although I think there's some discussions that he doesn't want himself, he doesn't view himself as being that kind of like one year, 1.5 million guy. But we can see here, pretty much everyone is that guy on the running back market at the moment. Well, that's basically it, right? Like, you have Melvin Gordon, who was the top-rated running back free agency. He's waiting around, which, he, to be fair, he's done several times in his career in terms of holdouts and stuff. Sony Michel, you know, he's maybe a little in the toot. He probably won't get much more than that. And Jeremy Kinnan, you know, their guys. But, like, Melvin Gordon's still out there if you want a, an effective running back. But, like, there's a long tail of other guys um, who are of a similar skill level. But given the kind of surplus, and a lot of guys would probably, a lot of teams would probably prefer just to draft a guy and, like, have him under contract for four years. I'm not it's a slow market and if you compare it to the next group wide receiver tight end it's just yeah you have no leverage right now you could you could take what you're taking so you know these guys I don't I don't I don't blame them for holding out but don't expect it to work out we we've basically seen that for the last like five years from Lev Bell to Melvin Gordon running back it's just they just don't have the leverage no no um yeah, like there's there's not much like I do think you can probably like, you probably be able to if you can get them happy enough on the low end deal like you know Gordon was serviceable, Sonny Michelle serviceable, Jared McKinnon definitely serviceable. Like if you're looking for to add someone into a backfield, there's not really much in the way of like lead backs there, but there's definitely some uh, some people. Let's move on to the, the 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 let's be honest the craziest part of this entire free agency wide receiver market has been mad. Um, like I said, Tyreek Hill went for whatever first to second a fourth a fourth a sixth and uh, like 120 million dollar extension uh, to uh, Devonte adams was picked up in a trade to las vegas for a first round and a second round pick and they gave him a five-year extension for 140 million dollars uh mary cooper is now in cleveland 
fifth and sixth round for him and they do a swap with Dallas for six but like he was a guy who was just going to get caught as we mentioned in the last one and like that was what the deserves Alan Robinson went to the Rams three years 46 and a half million dollars Robert Woods has been traded from the Rams for a sixth round pick like you know, Devontae Parker mentions now with New England, uh, Christian Kirk's with Jacksonville, like Juju Smith-Schuster came to Kansas City on a very cheap deal. He basically took kind of the deal that he was offered last year and then decided, no, I'm going to go back to Pittsburgh and increase my value by playing with the corpse of Bren Roethlisberger. Um, yeah, like the top end of this wide receiver stuff in free agency has been absolute madness. Like Hill, Adams, Cooper, Robinson, even Woods, like just going around for quite big money and a lot of yeah just a lot of trade resources it seems mad to me in a spot where you know a lot of the talk is you need to have your money to pay your superstar quarterback or you're nowhere these guys are going they're dropping quarterback money on wide receivers yeah and i mean it, it's the game-changing nature of it right i mean a good quarterback changes the nature of your team it, it changes you from a non-contender to a contender a, a, a top quality wide receiver does not do that to the same extent and a lot of these guys have been brought in i mean i've already talked about tyreek hill i don't know if he's the answer to dolphins Devonta adams to the raiders i mean okay he's hooking up with his college buddy or whatever and he's happier and the such like but really is that the answer the raiders needed never they ne- were ne- never was, run back was, to your college hookups um it it just doesn't make sense how this is going to make the raiders you know take them to that next level that they want to do especially as we talked about the division is so tough um amari cooper i mean he's he's you know talented but the browns may not have a quarterback next year so it's it's a bit of a strange one in terms of that the alan robinson one i like as a kind of an an upgrade on up on robert woods um it gives the rams who already quite potent offensively another real talent i mean we talked about him at the last pod didn't have the best season but he was definitely the best wide receiver on the market and he he, he will make any team he plays for better similarly robert woods going to tennessee i mean it's good for him i mean i don't think he'd be getting the the catches in the Rams that, you know, he deserves. He's still an incredible talent. I mean, I don't know what the injury in, in terms of uh, the long-term effect of that, but it's interesting addition. Tennessee is kind of maybe a Julio Jones replacement there. So, I mean, you know, there's some of these moves that are good, but the, the, the rest of this market, I mean, Devontae Parker, obviously we already talked about, he, he's going to make the Pats better. Um, but then you have people like, you know, dumping tons of money on Christian Kirk, who is fine, but not exactly... You know, life-changing. You've got the Devonta Adams trade. You've got the Tyreek Hill change trade. It's yeah. It's I, I hope the 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 front offices know what they're doing with some of these moves because it sounds like it sounds like you know some of these things will not work out. Uh, um, in terms of you know, I just have to see how it works out on paper. Um, and I mean, there's still a lot of talented out there. Jarvis Landry, OBJ. There's still a lot of talented wide receivers out there. So this market isn't finished either so it's interesting what happens when you have a lot of talent on the market people seem to go a bit crazy or try to scramble over one another to get the best available deals and the result is what you have here is is crazy trades crazy pickups and players being overpaid yeah it was such a screwy market because obviously yeah like you have guys basically trading quarterback level resources to get guys like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and giving them effectively, you know, quarterback money, like 30 million a year. Um, that's obviously the actual contract's a little bit less than that, but, you know, getting into that stratosphere effectively. Um, and the Devontae Adams thing, it like that's like he forced his way out. Um, he's basically, I'm not going to play for Green Bay on the tag again. And I want to go to 
Las Vegas because I love Derek Carr apparently um, and it's a weird situation and obviously you know big questions there for Green Bay now um, without Devontae Adams we'll see how Aaron Rodgers survives um, with whatever wide receiver she's going to bully next um, but yeah like you know it's kind of screwy because you have these huge deals for these guys and yes they are elite talents and they are game changers but then you have guys like you know Robert Woods going for a sixth round pick obviously coming off an injury so maybe there's consideration there but and you have guys like you know as you said Juju Smith shoots are going for basically pennies on the dollar um, and Devontae Parker going you know he, he's relatively decent contract at this point and, and even Alan Robinson you know three years 46.5 not too bad, especially compared to fucking Christian Kirk, four years, 72 millions, or even like, you know, DJ Kirk getting a million for 10 million for one year. Like, these are, it, it's a very weird situation right now with wide receivers. I think, like Sean says, they're not game changers per se, and there's so much wide receiver talent in the NFL, and the college game is providing wide receiver after wide receiver after wide receiver is, you know, I think college, the best college prospect realizes it's a lot more profitable to be at that position than a running back, and a lot less punishing too. Um, and yeah, there's plenty of guys available out there, so obviously some teams want that prestige name they can put on the banner, like Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams or Amari Cooper, and I suppose Alden Robinson to a lesser extent, but uh, you know, the logic of that, I'm not quite so sure on that. And like Vegas just they're gonna have a lot more moves we're gonna talk about later on, but they've just been they they've just they've been drunk, I feel like, in this off season. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't quite make quite make that much sense yet. But uh, uh what were we expecting there when we when we, we said they're gonna be the big disaster of twenty twenty two with the new coach. Yeah. Okay, let's look. Uh, O-line, Toronto Armstead's in Miami, as we mentioned. Uh, Brandon Sheriff is in Jacksonville, three years, 50 million. Lyle Collins, Cincinnati, five years, 50 million. Cincinnati picked up Alex Kappa at guard, four years, 35 million. Pittsburgh get James Daniels the center for three years, 26 million. Um, yeah, Connor Williams is in Miami. Bradley Bozeman in Carolina. Shaq Mason in Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, like everything is sitting roughly where you'd expect price-wise on this. Nice to see Cincinnati pick up two of these guys. Uh, these are all lines that needed a bit of assistance. If you're looking for anyone here, uh, Dwayne Brown, Darrell Williams, JC Trader, your kind of uh, options available. Although, as I remembered, I think it's pretty decent for at least internal uh, offensive line in the draft this year, if not just overall offensive line. Yeah, not, nothing too crazy here. Big thing, obviously, as you said, Cincinnati getting the offensive line upgraded. I think they also added the center, uh, Karras. Um, so not hard to upgrade over what they had. I think Leo Collins was just an opportunity to come up because um, Dallas caught him in the end. Mm. Um, and 10 year, ten minutes a year for a, like a above-average right tackle, I'd take that. And Kappa, probably one of the weaker members of the Tampa Bay offensive line, but still a solid player. And I'm sure they'll invest more in the draft, or certainly I think they should, and get that up and running. And similar for for, for um, Pittsburgh, they invested in James Daniel. I think they also signed Mason Cole. Um, those were two teams in the AFC that just really need to, offense, to do their offensive line, and they, they did that. The only weird one is like Brandon Schreff. You're kind of, I don't know if you're paying for name over game there. As we've talked about, there's rumours that he might be a little bit uh, on the downslope at this point. Obviously, a perennial all-pro in previous years, uh, but just kind of reflects at Jacksonville, they were probably the dumb spenders of the free agency uh, thing, and they don't necessarily have that much to show for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, a solid enough market, nothing too out of step with previous years here. Yeah. Um, on the edge side of things, we talked about uh, Khalil Mack is now with the Chargers, Von Miller is now with Buffalo. So the actual number on that is six years, 120 million, but it's still effectively 15 years. This guy is like, what, he's 33, 34? Something like that. Like it's he old, yeah. Yeah, he old. Like <laughs> I just don't get it. Um, okay, Chandler Jones is now in Vegas, three years, fifty-one million. Yannick Ngakwe is uh, 
Now, Indianapolis trade from Vegas for Rocky Sin. Um, Hassan Reddick, Philadelphia, three years, 45 million. And then we've got Randy Gregory's in Denver. Uh, Nwuze's in Seattle. Zadarius Smith is in Minnesota. Um, if you're looking for players at the edge position, eternally and will always be until probably June, July, Jadavian Clowney's on the market because he always is. Um, Trey Flowers is there and Melvin Ingram is there. And God, I really wish we'd just get Melvin Ingram re-signed in Kansas City. He played very well for us. But um, yeah, I don't think anything too big here. A bit surprised with the Yannick Ngakwe trade, uh, just because you don't really see that many of those anymore, just like player for player style. But uh, but yeah, like everything else here makes sense. Uh, to Darius Smith to Minnesota is uh, yeah, it's a there definitely feels like there's some kind of pipeline of like you know pissed off Green Bay players just going to Minnesota, <laughs> which I like. Um, but yeah, uh, anything jump out at you from here? Um, I mean, I, I do like Chandler Jones, obviously, because, you know, the, the, the Pats history and he is quite a talent. And as I talk about, the Raiders don't really have anyone defensively except Max Crosby. So it's a good um, addition. Um, if you see him as a kind of a replacement for Ngakwe, then he probably is an upgrade. Um, be interesting to see how that works out. But obviously the Raiders, I mean, yeah. the is Does it all come together? Question marks. Are they still going to be any better than the fourth best team in their division question marks um so yeah it's it's i like i like to see him doing well because he's he's a good player but um yeah it, i yeah i don't know how much the raiders are going to end up watching but if i do I'll, I'll, I'll look out for him and crosby they could be explosive yeah like look like edge players are still getting good contracts here like Hassan reddick turned the one-year contract to carolina into three years 45 million randy gregory who's spent more time suspended than playing it feels like ended up going for Denver. I think he originally was going to stay with Dallas, but apparently they wanted uh, contract stipulations that would have let them get out of the contract if he got into more legal issues or suspensions, and Denver yeah. were willing not to have those. And yeah, I think Dallas had officially announced that they had him, and then Denver uh, sent a little uh, tweet uh, after that going, maybe not. Uh, and Something Zedaria like Smith, that happened with Zedaria Smith as well, didn't it? Someone he, he was supposed to go back to Baltimore, and it just broke down, I think maybe because of a, uh, of a physical thing, but Minnesota obviously decided they want to bring him in they're kind of weak on the defensive line um after a few years of kind of not hitting on picks um and he was obviously cup agreement agent so he's kind of pissed off but we generally know to probably a solid pickup for seattle because i want to mention seattle in a not sad way uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like randy gregory feels like a little bit of overpay chandler jones for where he is in his career he had like that one five sack game and then nothing it felt like for most of the rest of the season for arizona last year feels like a bit of overpay but i sound reddick still young um, and right, Gregory Duferi is still young, and Ngakwe is still young, so you know I think these are all solid enough overall. I think Ngakwe, you know, they, he was a one-year guy with them, and obviously a new coach, so um, obviously Indianapolis feel he's probably a better scheme fit or something like that. Yeah, uh, that's an interior defensive line. Uh, DJ Jones now in Denver, three years, 30 million. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, we said he's with the Chargers now, three years, 24. Harrison Phillips is with Minnesota, three years, 19 and a half. Matt Leonidas is Carolina for a year and about 10 million. Uh, Justin Jones, Chicago for two years, 12 million. I think we mentioned Daquan Jones, Tim Settle. Um, Quentin Jefferson's with Seattle as well. Uh, if you're looking for an interior guy, you're probably looking at Calais Campbell, Akeem Hicks, Sheldon Richardson, and uh, like I said, the kind of the going rate seems to be a variation of x number of years for about nine to ten million uh and these guys might come in a little bit lower than that now that the market's cooling a bit but nothing too surprising here i like that denver are kind of loading up a little bit as well um 
because Jesus, like it's it, as I said, I'm looking forward to our AFC West preview because I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, like they traded Shelby Harris in the part of the uh, Russell Wilson trade, so they needed to add some mm. um, some from ammo there, and I'm sure they'll, they'll probably draft some people, whatever they have left to, with defensive linemen. But look, it's not a very exciting market. It's kind of like a slightly better version of the running backs. You know, these two guys, like those two positions feel like the, you know, the militiamen sent forward to, to be, you know, kill each other before the rest of the exciting, well-paid people <laughs> um, in the run game. But uh, yeah, like the going rate for a top line, like, you know, top run stuffer or decent all-rounder is about 10 million per year. Um, these guys, all of them are pretty solid. I wouldn't have any problem with them. Adidas, I think, will be a solid pickup for Carolina, and there's kind of a Carolina to Washington back and forth, um, which which is going on there. But I think Clay as Campbell sitting out there is a little bit surprising. I think he'll be a good, really pick, really good pickup, but I think yeah, he'd probably end up going for a decent contract with uh, Baltimore in the end. And I keep yeah. Hicks and Sheldon Richardson and Nkaman Sue. These are veterans out there who got picked up. They probably just want to take the the spring and early summer off, and they'll they'll sign somewhere eventually. Yeah. Uh, let's get into our linebackers and kind of box defensive backs. Uh, the big name here after the surprise cut was Bobby Wagner. He's now with the Rams, five years, 50 million. Uh, <laughs> and he gets his contact incentive, meaning that if he hits him, he can renegotiate after year two. He's going to get to come back and attack it two times a year, uh, at least. Uh, I'd say I'm probably at most, I, unless things change seriously in Seattle in the next couple of months. Um Let's look at other ones. Miles Jackson out with Pittsburgh, uh, two years, 16 million. Xavier Woods, the safeties with Carolina, three years, 15 million. I quite like that contract. Uh, Kizier White, Philadelphia, one year, three million. Uh, Jabil Peppers, one year, two million with New England. Um, Javon Brown's with Vegas. Singleton's with Denver. There's some decent names out there, though, still. So, like, Tyrion Matthew is out there. Uh, there's rumours abound that, of course, somehow the fucking magical money tree exists. Apparently, the Rams are now the favourites to pick him up. Uh, how they're well, affording this stuff, I don't know. Anthony Barr is out there as well, and so is Alexander Johnson. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously, obviously the big one here is Wagner. Yeah, like, uh, uh, you know, Sean can maybe talk about the actual football side, but it makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just I I I'm really struggling to understand. I mean, why they cut him in the first place, and how much this must hurt that he's going to be playing for a rival that you know is just getting better and better. It's just this is like this is the nightmare scenario for a Seahawks fan, right? This is this is, is yeah, this like, like Tom like, Brady like leaving the Patriots <laughs> and joining the Bills. Yeah, like look, 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 like Bobby Wagner, he, he's definitely lost a step. He's not quite as fast as he used to be, but he's obviously one of the smartest linebackers in the league. He's a perennial all-pro and pro bowler for the last decade. He was training up the other linebackers that Seattle have there. So even if he's lost a step, he's basically a coach on, on, on the field. Now, is he a scheme fit? No, he's kind of been the inside linebacker in a 4-3 scheme his entire career. And the Rams run a 3-4, so he'll be paired with another inside linebacker and maybe asked to cover a bit more square footage than perhaps makes sense for him. But I think if you if you have guys like Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in your locker room, you create a culture of winning and you make the young guys that you need to have to build around them better. Um, so he's, as I say, a coach on the field as much as anything else. So I think you're going to get like a top 10 linebacker who's also improving everyone else. And I think... You know, for the way the Rams are and the kind of moves that they make, and like it's a, you know, it's basically a two-year deal that they're talking about here. Even for even for a team that generally doesn't invest in linebacker, and obviously the kind of snubbing the nose of Seattle as well, it, it made sense for Seattle. Like, look, they're just in a full rebuild, so I think it was just a situation where they were trying to fully aggressively just turn over the entire roster. I don't know if it makes sense or not, 
personally speaking, but that's where they're going. Um, and the Rams are where the beneficiary in this case. Um, other yeah, than that, it's, no. it's, it's kind of low enough uh, wattage here. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's a great deal for the Rams. I think they've, you know, they've, they've proven last year that they can actually integrate these veterans. I mean, always the question with Von Miller and the such like was, I mean, the big name, but does he fit into the does he fit into the system? And they found a way to make it work. Now, obviously, Wagner might be a little bit more of a challenge, but if you know if he has the, the football IQ that everyone says he does, that probably won't be as big as a challenge would be for other people. And he be, can become that explosive type they want. I mean, the Rams. It's interesting. I mean, I do question the the cap thing. I do wonder how they're you know being able to pay all of the great players all of the money um, to play, and will they have a, a year, two or three years down the road where they literally have nobody because they can't afford to pay anybody? Um, but I mean, it puts them up back up there in the conversation of best team in the NFC and you know Super Bowl contenders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, it's it's yeah, it's going to be fun to watch as well. That the Rams defense is it's certainly getting the sense of it's going to be a fun thing to watch next year. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, I think you said Xavier Woods is a good contract. I agree with you. Um, and they already have a good defensive backfield, so he should slot in well there. And Miles Jack going to Pittsburgh, if there's any chance that he can get back to where he was in his first couple of years as a pro bowler, mm. it's probably in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. and uh, obviously, like I said, there's some good options there. Matthew and Barr right there would both be nice, particularly Matthew. Uh, be interested to see where he ends up. As I said, the, the, the current rumour as of about 40 minutes ago is that the Rams have emerged as the likely landing spot. Uh, good fucking God, like, how are you meant to take them on? Um, let's look at defensive backs, kind of coverage DBs. Uh, we talked about JC Jackson. He's gone to the Chargers. Marcus Williams is now in Baltimore, five years, 70 million. Traverius Ward, uh, three years, 40 million in San Francisco. Good money. He's a good player. Uh, Justin Reed, Kansas City, picked him up for three years, 31 million. Uh, Marcus May, gone to New Orleans, three years, 25 million. Other ones, uh, DJ Reed's in the Jets for 33 million for three years. Jordan Whitehead, the Jets for two years and 14 and a half. And Kawan Williams, gone to Denver, two years, 7 million. Uh, sitting out there is still Stefan Gilmore, Deshaun Elliott, Bryce Callahan, and Kyle Fuller. So um, there's, there's a few options there. Uh, but yeah, like, is, is there anything massively surprising in this? I, I I really like Ward as a player. I'm surprised he got a $40 million bag from, from San Francisco. I think the big thing is that teams are willing to pay for younger cornerbacks, which Javarius Ward is and DJ Reed is. Yeah. Um, but if you're an older cornerback like Stefan Gilmore, even though he has a much more impressive CV, teams are willing to wait and probably fill in the gaps either over the next month or after the draft. And I think that's just... That's, good team building overall like if you get a jc jackson or a ward and a reed then you potentially have someone you can build your your defensive backfield around for the next you know three to five years depending on the contract um whereas if you're going if you're getting guys like gilmore or guys like Quan williams who was signed up by denver that's probably more of a sticking past their solution you're going to have the same problem a year or two from now um so why would you want to deal with that if you can avoid it um so overall i think you know these are all solid contracts i think like Similar to the Miles Jack thing, albeit a bit more expensive. Marcus Williams has been a really good safety for New Orleans for many years now. And I think going to Baltimore, a team which obviously is famously um, very safety-centric and gives them a lot mm. to do, uh, is a really good opportunity for him to even increase his value and his name even more than he already had. It's kind of a player who's you know, respected in the league, but maybe not a, a household name. If he's going to make a household name, it'll probably be in Baltimore. 
Yeah, so it'll be him. It'll be be Marcus at safety, uh, cleaning up for Marcus at cornerback because he'll be back from his ACL, right? <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, like Justin Reed, he's not a like for like racing for for Tyron Matthew for Kansas City, but I assume he's basically kind of been the investment in safety, and he's not Daniel Sorensen, so that's he's got that. Oh, going geez, for yeah, him. and like, and like and you said, like you said, like he's twenty five. He's kind of you know he's one yeah. that they kind of hope to use. And Mar- Marcus May is very intriguing because he obviously was a Pro Bowler until he had a big injury last year mm. uh, for the Jets. So interesting reclamation project for New Orleans so a lot, a lot of interesting names here but you'll see they're nearly all young guys and all the guys who talked about being available a lot of old guys over there yeah yeah and speaking of veterans I, his name isn't here but I thought I'd need to give the shout out to Malcolm Butler coming back to the Pats oh yeah um, I think it's nine million two years he's in I mean obviously he's hella old and already retired and it's not going to go anywhere near as we all would want to dream but it's nice nice to have the memories back and uh <laughs> Might be a good excuse to pick up the old Patriots Butler jersey again. Have uh, I not I suffered enough? Get around to the first time. No. <laughs> Have I not suffered enough over the last month? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, finally, special teams. Uh, Johnny Hecker's with Carolina on a three-year deal. Greg DeLeg is with the Jets on a one-year deal. Um, Jesus, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, Bojorges, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, Bohorez. Uh Cleveland two years, Pat O'Donnell, Green Bay two years, and Riley Dixon's with the Rams. And sitting out there are uh, uh the Punters. great the, 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 the great Metallica Ang album Brian Saint Anger, uh Andy Lee and Thomas Morstead, probably the name main ones that are out there. I can't believe we don't have a single long snapper on our special teams list. Uh <laughs> shocking stuff altogether. But uh the- yeah. The jo- the Johnny Hacker one is interesting because obviously when he was with the Rams he was like their third choice QB, um, and obviously the Panthers have Sam Darnold and I think it's technically still Cam Newton, so uh, yeah Hacker Hacker in the QB contest over in Carolina <laughs> would be fun to watch. It's uh, true, he's, he's, he's my pick to be their starting QB week one. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be that'll be a steal of a contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing but, any chip uh, said to me from those ones. Yeah. Um, kicker kicking market everyone who was available some re-signed with their teams like uh, Young Wei so very little action there on kickers but plenty of action still left in the punter market yeah but yeah so that's that's kind of where we are in the free agency stuff so obviously a lot of lot of big moves couple of teams really swinging for the fences on it we'll say like historically we'll say as you mentioned Miami uh, Buffalo and, and, and the Chargers in particular like historically the big spenders in free agency doesn't translate into big movements in in win numbers as i remember it uh yeah but like as i kind of said like like the two dumb spenders were it feels like jacksonville definitely although they have to pay more because they're jacksonville and vegas uh whereas i think you know those teams we've decided to focus on the 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 relatively reasonable teams this time miami feels like the big question mark but because they're kind of we'll get a quarterback next year if it doesn't work this year it doesn't really feel like this year is the key to all of how we'll end up evaluating these choices here this season. Yeah, because I do, I do think if I remember, I must look this up again. I think there was that there was basically there was a bad, bad relationship between being a big spender in free agency and performance that year, but that there was a good relationship for actually the second I, year, something along those lines. But, yeah, uh, I believe I believe if you're the biggest spender, you actually do see an improvement. It just happens to be that those teams tend to often be bad. So yeah, <laughs> uh, <we're now laughs> there's, mid- there's a reason that they've got fifty percent of their cap to spend. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, no, so it's a big, big, big movements. A lot of quarterbacks gone, but that quarterback carousel has kind of stopped. Wide receiver market went wild. Um, and we'd expect to see like running backs in the in the draft as well as a few other pieces like that. Um, our next step is probably going to be our, our, our draft preview, isn't it? Yeah. So gotta, we'll do our... Got to start crushing that tape, boys. Position by position preview. We'll look at the best players from each position, uh, similar to what we've covered here in free agency. And then we'll do our famously accurate mock draft. I am <laughs> contemplating now that I've got the dog here that I might let the dog do a random selection mock draft <laughs> and see whether or not he does better than us. Um, <laughs> it's just go. Just, well, it's either that or I was contemplating bringing bringing the dog on a like x or y like randomly selected bases uh into our picks game to see if he can win the picks as well um but yeah we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see how that integrates because i I don't know he might be more of a hockey fan i don't know um (laughs) but yeah no that sounds good so we'll need to crush some tape and then we'll be back on that one um yeah any any plans for the weekend yourselves boys uh, well, it's the big football match uh, in the Premier League, City against Liverpool, basically for the title. So that'll be me, you know, uh, biting my nails for two hours on Sunday afternoon. Um, they're they're looking. Liverpool are looking. They're. I saw them watch them last night in the Champions League. They honestly look like the best Liverpool team I've ever seen, and that, as someone who's watched them for thirty years, is uh, is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. They look scary good, um, and I really think they have a good chance on Sunday. Um, so be fun, fun match to, to watch anyway. Yeah, very good. What is yourself, Ronan? Yeah, I'll probably be catching that match as well. Other than that, uh, nothing too exciting. Just hanging around and working on a particularly boring project at work at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I'll just probably tip around and uh, enjoy myself other than that. Oh, very good. Yeah, I think I'll probably... Uh, I think I'm planning to, to get my hands on a Nintendo Switch this weekend. So uh, I'll be playing a bit of that and then going down to uh, to uh, a rap gig on Sunday, which would be good crack. Bob Villain are playing in, uh, in uh, Dublin, which has led to more than one conversation where someone's like... Why is Bob Dylan playing such a small venue? (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them do a Bob Dylan cover. (laughs) It'd be pretty funny. Um, But yeah, I suppose that'll do us for now. Uh, We will probably, if you want to start dropping in some questions, uh, start to put a few of those together for like the draft stuff. And then obviously as we're going into the previews, we'll get a few more of those. Uh, But for now, it's a bye for myself, bye from Ronan. Bye. Bye from Sean. Bye. This has been All Four Quarters. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.